Coming up next, The Bookening, Season 1, Redux. Welcome to the booketing. Hello. We love you. I we, love you. We love everybody. We love everybody. And my name... Well, you know what? I'm not going to say my name first today. I'm, I'm in honor of my two compatriots who've seen me through, I think, 10 books now, 20-odd episodes and uh, lots of cool stuff. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say their names first. And whose name will I say first? I'll just go in the reverse order that I always go. So today, we will introduce the PhD, ABD himself. Brandon Chastain. You were supposed to let him introduce you. Kind of, oh, kind sorry. of stole my thunder there. Go, go ahead. I'll be quiet. <laughs> today, we will introduce the PhD, ABD himself. He's a man. He's a myth. He's a legend. He's Brandon Chastain. How you doing, Brandon? Pretty great. How are you? I'm doing uh, fantastic and uh, excited about this this recap of Redux of the year. The year in review. Almost a whole year. Almost a whole year, yep. And uh, coming up basically in the middle slot like he always is. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> the pastor, who is in fact the master of reading. There he is, also a man, also a myth, also a legend, arguably the handsomest man in the room. Arguably the ugliest. Ugliest. You can you can really argue almost anything with modern mores and values the way they are today. Um, <laughs> Why are we even doing a? Why are we doing this? <laughs> His name is Jacob Kyle Mensel. How you doing, Jacob Kyle Mensel? Excellent. What are you doing? I'm being impressed that you knew my full name. I know your full name. I could. Brandon's name? Brandon Michael Chastine? Nope. <laughs> Brandon David Chastine? Nope. Scott. You got it. Nathan Aaron Alberson. Very nice. So you know all three. I'm the man. Jacob Kyle Muscle? <laughs> <laughs> Brandon Scott Chastine? <laughs> Thank you. And Nathan Aaron Alberson here. I am Nathan Aaron Alberson. I am, of course, as always, your humble and obedient host. So happy that you could join us here for our December review of the year. We're going to look back on the books we read. We're going to look forward on the books that we're going to be reading. And it's just going to be a lot of fun. We're going to talk about some of our our favorite things, the impressions that these books left on us, the things that we learned from this year, the ways that it changed us, the ways that our, our souls have been affected by these books. Let's jump right in. So anyway, let's jump right in. Oh my goodness, what's that sound? Uh-oh. You're supposed to say yeehaw or Yeehaw! Nope. No? It's the sound of silence. The we, sound of silence. The sound of silence, because we have no sound effects today, guys. We're just... We, I wanted to kind of do a year in review, talk about the books that we read, and uh, what stuck out to you guys, what you liked, what you didn't like, what you'd recommend to people, what you wouldn't recommend. I thought we'd kind of do some some categories, like the Academy Awards. We'd talk about, you know, who are we going to give the Bookening Award to? We'd do our votes. We haven't had a lot of preparation going into this. This is going to be kind of a loose, off-the-cuff off conversation, so we'll see where we get. And Since all our conversations are very well-scripted. Very scripted and structured clearly obviously so anyway i thought we'd talk a little bit about uh some of the things that stuck out to us 
Starting with the coolest female character, guys, of all the novels that we read. And they're up oh there. We my. wrote them on the board in the beautiful Warhorn Studios. We read, just to recap, we read Pride and Prejudice, East of Eden, Jungle Book, For Whom the Bell Tolls, Huck Finn, Beowulf, Macbeth, Dracula. Gilead. Coolest. So we're giving the award to we're, this we're just, person? Yeah, we're going give, to give the best female award. Who does better? Best, the best female character. From all those books. Best or coolest? Changes my answer. Ooh, that's interesting. Who would you say? Let's hear both of them. It, the award, technically, as I have it written on my in my notes here, is coolest, so... Mine might be the same. Okay. Coolest, hands down. And maybe this is the easy answer. Elizabeth Bennet. Elizabeth Bennet is the coolest female character? I'm trying to think what other female characters we had. Well, there's Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> there was Kathy, yeah. There's also Liza. There's Liza. There's Mina. Mina, yeah, obviously There's she was Lucy. a big favorite. <laughs> Lucy, <laughs> one of the great. There is uh, the ghost of Christmas past. <laughs> she's kind of an amp. Am- she might. She's pretty cool. Well, she's um, not necessarily a she though. I would say that That's maybe true. some it's underrated asexual. female characters would be. Is it Mary from Huck Finn? Yeah, it's a good one. And Abra from East of Eden. I liked Abra. And yeah. so I, I, I mean, if we're talking straight coolest. Elizabeth may be the obvious choice, but I try to play the undercard and maybe throw Abra out there. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I would go for Elizabeth for best. Best, like most well-drawn. Yeah, Abra for coolest. She's pretty cool. She's pretty cool. And she has some really great moments. Kathy's pretty cool. (laughs) She has some pretty great moments. (laughs) She burned her parents to death. Yeah, who's not cool? Who? Mina is not cool. Uh, Any character in Dracula was pretty not cool, except for maybe Dracula. Really, that novel should be called The League of Dorks. That's <laughs> the League of Stock Characters. The League of Stock or, uh, Characters. Yeah, what's her name from, what's that wish fulfillment chick? Oh, Maria? Maria. Oh, yeah. Maria. She certainly does not win the best for me. <laughs> you don't want to give the best or coolest female character to Maria for whom the bell tolls? She did not make my world spin or whatever. <laughs> she didn't. <laughs> World fall. You didn't die, Brandon? No. Okay. Uh-uh. Um, gross. Um, <laughs> I don't think there is a woman at all in Wish. Beowulf. <laughs> There's that queen that serves them all meat. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. the coolest man. She serves meat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I was going to hang out with one female they, character. I'll tell you what. The other Lady Macbeth is pretty awesome. Ooh. She is. She's a stone cold killer. If, so if you were to chant, yeah. If, if, and if we're thinking of just like iconic characters. You have to go with. I think you have to go with Lady Macbeth. Yeah, if you're it, the most well drawn, would be a tie between Elizabeth Bennet and Lady Macbeth. Beating out Abra, yeah. If those are our three contenders, yeah. Abra's, but coolest, like who would oh, you want to chill yeah. with? Cool. Whoa. She might slit your throat, or <laughs> Lady Macbeth. Is Heaven the forbid you should be have a baby. Sure. She might dash it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dash it to pieces. Who would I want to sit there and have a cool conversation with? Who would you, you want to grab a brewski with? with? <laughs> Elizabeth Bennett. Yeah, see, I think I'd probably grab a brewski with uh, Abra. Because Elizabeth I'm going Bennett. Abra. It, Elizabeth's stuck up. She'd be judging me. Well, here's a question. Are we talking uh, beginning talking of, the at the end of the novel? The, at the end of the novel. Pre or post. So Elizabeth, Darcy, it's not Elizabeth yeah. Bennett we're talking. We're talking about Elizabeth Darcy. I'm talking about Elizabeth Darcy, yeah. My Darcy. My, my <laughs> Mrs. Darcy. <laughs> well, she's not. Yeah. yeah. She's not your Mrs. Darcy. Obviously, I'd want to have the conversation with my dear wife, right? Chasty. <laughs> your Mrs. Chasty. <laughs> Is that what you guys say? You take a oh, yeah. page out of the Hello, my Mrs. Chasty. 
How was your day? That's what you say when you walk in the door. Yes. And then she slaps me. Right. <laughs> uh, so uh, Those are the best answers. Elizabeth Bennett and Abra. So you'd like to grab a brewski with... Uh, mm-hmm. By the way, the, my most hated phrase, perhaps, in, in the English language is... Might be grab a brewski. I think that's a really dumb phrase. But you'd you'd most like to grab a brewski with Elizabeth Bennett over Abra. <sighs> Abra's gonna be like cool, and she'll be a little cynical, but she'll like probably listen to what you have to say. Elizabeth might not give you well, the time of day if yeah, she thinks well, you're I mean, an idiot. It, it depends on how you're answering the question because I think um, Abra's more dangerous than Elizabeth Bennett. Yeah. If I were gonna go, first of all, if you. Do I need to like make a little PSA? If you're a married man, you should not be going and having a beer with any lady of any sort, just to. But I think Abra, you might fall in love with her. Yes, I don't think you would fall in love with Elizabeth Bennett. Nope. I think at the very best, you and Elizabeth Bennett would go and you'd make fun of some people and laugh together and join in ridiculing other people. And at the very worst, you're the object of her ridicule you know is one of those two so you want to keep elizabeth yeah. in the friend zone and you want to wife that abra if you happen wife to be that a that abra no doubt she's wifely material as the those t-shirts say that co-eds wear sure I mean, women like that especially early elizabeth bennett sorry but yeah she's unless you're unless you unless you just like to get giggles out of making fun of people which sometimes certain kinds of people like to do that it's about what she's good for but abra abra's something different really we're talking about two women that come from two broken families that have their problems and have their their smugness and their defense mechanisms but they both kind of are humble enough to end up rising above it all in the end and to learn some lessons i don't know so young guys listen to this he he needs to marry he's like trying to choose between a lizzie or an abra you say abra jake yeah i do She's got that full womanly figure. Does she? That's what that's what Steinbeck said <laughs> in his <laughs> glorious prose. <laughs> Go for Abra. Is Abra actually going to win? Coolest female character here? Is she about yeah, to win? Yeah, you guys, you guys. Anybody want to make a... Well, what Abra brings is not just knowledge of people. She brings self-knowledge and she brings some uh, humility and compassion that you don't see in Lizzie. Um, and some real tenderness about her that you don't see as much of in Lizzie. Yeah, would Lizzie have like made friends with Lee and then like seen Lee for what he is and and daughtered up to him? Yeah. Would she have had compassion on both Aaron and Cal? You know, given everything that's broken about them, or would she have just stood aside and made fun of them for being you know broken pieces of trash? You know, and I think Lizzie might have. I think Lizzie had a mean streak. There's a sense in which Lizzie's at play through the whole novel, and you don't know whether she's going to turn out okay, but because Austin is a compassionate god of that universe, she does. But it's easy for the Lizzie's of the world to go sour, and you see it all the time, to turn cynical, to turn bitter, to turn stay single a lot of times. Yeah, the best the best way to, to put somebody like a Lizzie is to say, you just got to be man enough to tame you know, you got to be Darcy. You got to be Darcy. Not everybody is Darcy. You might be a good guy and not Darcy. But the part of the problem you're going to run into if you're Darcy is that she's just going to be so proud that she 
off-putting to everybody, and she got Darcy, who's the most awesome person in her mind in the world, and so then you got another thing to deal with. I, I think Abra wins. The thing about Abra that I just admire so much is the way she comes from this dumb, broken family, and so she finds another one and attaches herself, and it's not that she deserts the first one, but that just that she finds a way to survive and to thrive and finds people to love and people to help out and people to be a daughter to, and I think that's what you got to do, and I really admire that about her. Yeah, so it's really I, sweet. It's really sweet. And you love her for sticking by Cal and you think maybe they have a chance together and you love her for being the daughter that Lee never had. You absolutely love her. All right, so Abra? Abra, come on down and get your your blue ribbon. All right, our second category, fellas, I think coolest Male ca- character. I, ma- I I remind you again, we have to choose from. And by the way, anthropomorphized animals do count, so we can Bagheera, Baloo, whatever they can be in there, we'll Shere say. Khan. Not that I don't know. Shere I think. Khan. Yeah. Khan. That's a good choice. So coolest f- male character. We've got Pride and Prejudice, <clears throat> East of Eden, Jungle Book, For Whom the Bell, Huck, Beowulf, Mac, Drac, Gilead, Xmas, Carol. Who is the coolest ca- male character? And are they the same, in this case, as the best male character? They're not the same. Do you have two in mind? The coolest is Sam. From Huck Finn? Sam Hamilton. Oh, Sam uh, Hamilton. That's Yeah, that's a good choice. What did I think Sam was in? Okay. The coolest is Sam Hamilton. He's just he's just awesome. He's, he's this larger-than-life guy who dominates that whole story, and he's lovable, and... He's an Irish stereotype that transcends Irish stereotypes. <laughs> yeah, he's just he's just awesome. There are a lot of things that make him the coolest character, but that doesn't, to my mind, make him the best character. Um, you got a candidate for best? Well, when you brought up the category, my heart went to Huck. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't even think about Huck. Um, That's where my heart went. I love Huck so much. And I think that what sets Huck apart from any of the characters from East of Eden, so like there's Cal, there's Adam in East of Eden, but they're so similar that yeah, Huck's, Huck's different, and he's, in some ways, because he's not being made to fit that type, he's more real and maybe has more depth to him. And it, it's not to say anything about the two books, but just as purely as a character, I there's a way that I think, and maybe this is just personal with me, I feel like there's a, just a way that I've resonated with Huck over the course of my life that makes him different for me, um, so... Now, for you, Brandon, the character that you probably resonate, I'm just going to take a wild guess, Quincy Morris. Oh, yeah, Quincy <laughs> Morris. The Texan. fellow Texan. Mm-hmm. Well, I, Van Helsing, I'd throw him out there as <laughs> right. one of the cool characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, for coolest character, I'm going to go with Beowulf. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's pretty cool. I mean, he does slay the crap out of yeah. three different monsters. And, and he's got that epic end where he fights the dragon, tells none, all his men, just stay back. None of his dudes help him besides yeah. Wiglyph. Yeah, I'm going to go with Beowulf. I'm throwing him in the ring. Now, is he... For best character, I'm going with Jake's Huck Finn. I would say Huck Finn is the best drawn character and also perhaps the most lovable character. But, mmm... This is a really hard category for me. We haven't even mentioned Mr. Darcy, who's kind of flat, but I mean, he he at least deserves to be mentioned. Sure. Um, sure. Robert Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mowgli. <laughs> Baloo, obviously. Mowgli. Um, Ricky Ticky Tabby, man. Uh, Ricky Ticky Tabby is a great character. Yeah, he did deserve to be mentioned. He, Can you do he, your Ricky noise one more time for us? <laughs> 
Uh, we haven't mentioned Scrooge or the Ghost of Christmas uh, Past. Yeah. I mean, Scrooge is pretty iconic. The Ghost uh. of Christmas Past. Oh, the Ghost of Christmas Present. I Tiny mean, Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim. <laughs> Man, there's a lot of men. <laughs> Macbeth. Um, Macbeth is a great yeah. character. It's not cool though. I'm going to say, in terms of an artist's a novelist as an artist, what am I trying to say? In terms of a novelist's skill in evoking. A really rich character, Huck Finn, wins hat hands down. Um, in terms of who I just love, uh, we we haven't actually mentioned him yet. Lee, oh, I, yeah. I just really, oh, yeah. really liked Lee. His loyalty to that family. The scene where he he leaves to set up his store, and then he comes back, and he just walks into the kitchen and starts scrubbing the cast iron pot and muttering to himself. The way that he kind of turns ornery as he gets older, and oh yeah, um, as. I would say that if we're talking coolest, I still put Sam above Lee, but he's he may be the best drawn character in the book, in that book in particular, because of he really is other mm-hmm. and other in an utterly believable way. Just really, he's a great character. Good, yeah, good I mean, I'd, I'd put him up there with. Oh boy, it's a hard category. I think he's going to have to win it for me. What about Pastor John Ames? Nope. Anybody? Nope. <laughs> nope. nope. <laughs> what about Jack Jack Bufton or whatever? Oh, Bouton. Bouton. Yeah. yeah, no. 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 Okay. Dracula? <laughs> Dracula's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, he's got yeah, the he's... wolves. So he can turn into mist. He's afraid of garlic. He can't cross running water. <laughs> he's he's a really lame yeah. death. <laughs> I mean, he's not so cool after all. <laughs> he's got a... On second it, thought. It, Let's not go there. The coolest named character? Oh, Dracula, sure. There we go. Yeah. He, he, Although he, even there, Huck gives him a Huck is run pretty for his awesome, money. Yeah. I don't know. Beowulf, Macbeth. Those in Dracula. Some awesome names. Huck, Finn, Beowulf, Macbeth, and Dracula are all really awesome names. Now, if we're going with the brewski, oh man, I hate that. That's this is going to be the thing. But if we're going with the brewski test, who do, who do you have a brewski with? Who would I get a brewski with? Mister Bennett would actually be a cool guy to get a brewski with and just make yeah, fun who's of that everybody. Rushing character out of uh, for whom the bell for tolls. Oh, the guy that just like tells Robert Jordan how it is yeah. and everything. I'm gonna get a brewski with that guy? No. <laughs> okay. It's a terrible idea. It's like okay, well, Dracula or Macbeth might be. I'd probably get a brewski with. Uh, you know, Bloody Mary with Dracula. Hrothgar. Hrothgar, yes. <laughs> Beowulf might be awesome yeah, to have. A mead, maybe, yeah. Yeah, he'd tell me a story, man. <laughs> Huck would be a good, I mean, Huck would be an entertaining person to get yeah, a brewski to. you can't really buy him a drink. <laughs> Jim might be entertaining to get a beer <laughs> with. Beer Jim. Hear what he really thought about that whole thing. <laughs> this yeah. dumb kid keeps <laughs> cramping my style. And <laughs> um, uh, Oh, boy, yeah. Mr. Sam, Bingley. What? Mr. Bingley. Mr. Bingley? <laughs> yeah. If you just want to have a lighthearted romp, yeah. romp. Oh, what about what's the priest's name? The the the. Fu- uh, um, oh, <laughs> he'd be a fun guy to get a brewski with, Mister Collins. Mister Collins, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Man. Who would you least want to get a brewski with? I think Robert Jordan would be a drag because he'd just be contemplating his inner, yeah. you know, like struggle yeah. against death and. Well, anybody from the Jungle Book. <laughs> Actually, you know, Ricky, I, I would get a beer with Ricky to. I don't know who I'd want to get a drink with. Who's that? Um, Ghost of Christmas Present. Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he might be devastating, though. That's true. Yeah, he'd show me like, everything about. Yeah, but he has that milk of human kindness or whatever the crap is that's dripping off of his torch that makes everybody feel good. Whatever so. Macbeth had too much of before Lady Macbeth squeezed it all out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the milk of human kindness, that's right. Van Helsing would be lame to get a drink with. Uh, everybody King in Laugh. Dracula is lame. King Laugh, yeah. <laughs> get to see King Laugh come out. <laughs> I love King Laugh. Oh, I, I want to get a drink with King Laugh. Yeah. <laughs> King Laugh might be my favorite yeah, character. If if Huck weren't a kid, it would be Huck. 
Yeah, no question. The problem with if we bring re- any sort of reality to this experiment is that I don't know if like adult Huck is somebody no. I really want to hang no, out with. He I may, may well have gone sour by that point and just be a dirty yeah, bum or that's what yeah. I, yeah or a rich bum. So I, I'm gonna go. What about Sam Hamilton? That's your final answer. Yeah, you that's the guy you, I want to have. A I, I, I want to say if you go with the Dracula guys, they'll probably buy you a drink. They're always buying drinks for. <laughs> You can get Lord Lord Goldamin will spring for it if he thinks you're poor and he needs information from you. I would buy Sam Hamilton a drink. <laughs> just to hear his stories. Just to hear his stories. His Once a week, I'd buy there Sam a drink. Sam Hamilton. That's the best answer. As far as the Brewski test goes. You can try to be contrarian, but I think this is one that you ought to fall he, in line I with. I mean, obviously, he'll make me laugh. He'll tell me how to it's fix my He might make test. you cry. Maybe, yeah. The Brewski test, Sam wins. Uh, Saki test, Lee wins. <laughs> Whatever that stuff was, he was drinking. No, because uh, absence you test. Give, Robert Jordan wins. If you give, if you give Lee some sake, he's going to start telling you about the time he visited. Yeah. The Chinese guys who explained Tim Shul to him, and the, yeah. who wants to hear that? Or he's going to start telling some depressing story from his childhood. That's true. Yeah, but Take that stuff away from him. <laughs> it's not. It's not sake though. It's like knock prop or something. <laughs> he drinks. Like, <laughs> I think Lee is going to win coolest for me. I mean, just. That's really hard. I mean, obviously, Sam has more cool qualities. You'd probably like him better in real life. But in terms of just who I respect for sticking by that family, who I would just want to give my vote to, my heart, my brain may say other things. My heart says, Lee, I'm going to go with my heart. And you guys both say, you said Sam Bruski. Are you going to say Sam just general wins the contest here? Well, coolest. I want to have a beer with Sam, and but total best character, Huck. Okay, I'll go best Lee and Bruski Sam. Or yeah, um, yeah, Brewski Sam, best Huck. I think that's fair. All right, moving on to the next cat. Oh, Sam Hamilton, come down and get your beer. Beer. <laughs> the next category I wrote was the biggest surprise of the year. <laughs> the biggest surprise of the year. Yeah. What? Uh, uh, this may be a little hard to pull. Did I just erase my notes? Oh no, there we go. Um, Dracula's mustache, or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just. Out of all these books, once again, dear listener, Pride, Pride and Prejudice, East of Eden, Jungle, For Whom, Huck, Bale, Mac, Drac, Gil, Chris, Miss. Out of all these books, what what's what took you by surprise? Um, what were you, just in all the books we read, um, what did you... I'm going to talk this out. Can I talk this out? Yeah. I did not expect to be as blown away and moved as I was by East of Eden. That that was just something I didn't see coming. I was not expecting to be as unimpressed with the Jungle Book as I was. And I was not expecting to be as unimpressed with For Whom the Bell Tolls as I was. I was not expecting Huck Finn to hold up the way that it did to my childhood. And I was very impressed by how well it did and by how much more I was able to realize it did for me as a kid. Beowulf was blah... I mean, I knew what to expect, and I got it. Uh, Macbeth, not many surprises there. Dracula, I was surprised by how it wasn't as dark as I expected and was much more action adventure fun than I expected. And both of those, uh, one of that, uh, the fun action adventure thing was a pleasant surprise. The lack of darkness was, was both pleasant in a way while being sort of disappointing. Gilead I had no surprises about, um, except 
I feel like you can open to any page in that book and find maybe some gold while still not really loving the book. And I think that that's a really strange thing and so maybe surprising. Christmas Carol, nothing nothing surprising about that. So I'm going to try to narrow it down. I skipped Pride and Prejudice, and that's because I had already read it, and I knew what to expect. I read it fairly recently, too. Yeah, in the last couple of years. So Um, I'm going to say I almost wish this could be biggest uh, positive surprise and biggest disappointment. Let's do that. I think that's more interesting. So biggest positive surprises for me, that narrows it down to East of Eden, Huck, and Dracula. Because Dracula doesn't really make my list of everybody should read this i'm gonna rule that out and i'm gonna say that huck finn's holding up and what i remembered about it as i read it was more surprising to me than how east of eden hit me simply because it came so highly recommended by nathan and brandon so i'm gonna i'm gonna stick by huck with that most disappointing hard to in terms of my expectations, for him, The Bell Tolls was the most disappointing read. I expected so much more because Hemingway was so built up for me, and I hadn't read him before. Most disappointing, just sort of as a work of art, is Gilead for me because it has so many promising things about it that just didn't really work and pay off the way I wanted them to. I want that book to be something that it's not. And there's just so much about Marilyn Robinson's skill that didn't come through in the story that that were ruined by the bad story or lack of story that it's more disappointing to me in that sense than uh, even for him the bell tolls was. Most surprising positive, I'd have to say, is Dracula. I was not expecting to like it. I was expecting it to be a pot boiler that I just... I was like, eh, indifferent towards. But the first third of that book is fantastic. Some of the best horror I've read. That part of the book lived up to the hype. The last two thirds could possibly be the most disappointing parts. Positively surprising. This is maybe a good time to say, in terms of um, listener reaction, talking to people that have listened to the podcast and have been reading along with us, Dracula and For Whom the Bell Tolls are the ones that I've gotten the most comments about, I'd say. No, East of Eden definitely is the one yeah. which everybody just loves. Yeah. Um, everything I, I hear is... I get I get regularly still get thank yous for having done that book and encouraged people to read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I thank you guys for putting it on, on the list because I, I wouldn't have because I just didn't know it. Yeah, it's a great book. But uh, Dracula, people, everybody just says they don't like it. It's boring. And I think they, they usually if you say, well, what about the first third? They'll say, fine, that was good. But everybody that I've talked to, they've just been like, I think they really expected Dracula to be much more fun. And they don't have a, the attention spans for it, I guess. I don't know. Huh. But uh, well, I was surprised by that. Um, sorry to disappoint you, listenership. <laughs> And then for whom the bell tolls, people tended to like it better. Than we did? Than we did. You know, they just huh. said, yeah, we know it has all this dumb sex stuff and Hemingway was an idiot. But it's a good story and, you know, the action's good and stuff. So I never heard anything about for whom the bell tolls. Except for one one or two people saying, why was that on your list in the first place? Yeah. Well, what, what, what the people that I talked to said 
was that for whom the bell tolls flaws were so obvious that they didn't feel bothered by them. One one guy in particular said, yeah, obviously the machismo, the sexualizing of the woman, all that stuff was so obviously bad that he just wasn't even tempted by it and he just kind of blew past it. And that the virtues of the novel were strong, the style and the story and the self-sacrifice and all that. Hmm. See, and I think that where I would differ with that opinion is I didn't buy the story as being that great. All I bought from that book was the style. I don't want to be condescending, but it's a it's a somewhat younger man that said that. And when I was his age, I really liked it. And this time I didn't. But we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to our final summation of what we liked and didn't, I suppose. Brandon, you were saying your, big, your biggest positive was Dracula. The biggest disappointment would probably be For Whom the Bell Tolls. Yeah. Just, it didn't hold up. I liked you had it read it before. Point, yeah. But he was the one I was expecting to be the best because everyone says he's the best and he just didn't live up to it. Well, I don't really, I, I've had two answers worth of time to think about this, but I'm going to have to talk through it. Pride and Prejudice was exactly what I expected it to be, which is fantastic. Jane Austen is obviously one of my favorite writers, as I've said multiple times on this podcast. I think she's the female Shakespeare and Shakespeare is the male Shakespeare. They're both pretty great in my book. Maybe Shakespeare is the male Jane Austen. For having a such a small purview of life that she talks about, she's just fantastic. But we'll get to that when we talk about the what book would you most recommend, which is coming, dear listener. Stay tuned. East of Eden was exactly what I expected it to be, and I liked it. Jungle Book was disappointing, but... You weren't, you weren't afraid that it wouldn't hold up after the way as uh, significant it was in your life? I, I was. I was afraid that it wouldn't, and I was worried. It was touch and go a little bit with the Adam section at the beginning, the first half of the novel um, when it's really just full-on biblical expository Sam Hamilton stuff. I will say that that worked a little bit less for me. It's still great, but you know it wasn't the, the, the knockout punch that I was expecting. But then once that, you get that middle... Once you get to the boys and to Abra yeah. and to Lee and to the final you know, blow of, of that last scene. You know, I read that last scene and I, as we talked to you, you can go back and listen to the podcast available on iTunes or warhornmedia.com. I cried again. And, you know, it does just, I find the, the end of that book incredibly moving and not just the very end, but there's several scenes that are just so powerful. Yeah. I'm going to have to say as far as the two Gilead was a disappointment, but I really didn't know what to expect and I wasn't expecting a lot. So it wasn't that bad of a disappointment. So perhaps I'll talk a little bit more about what I didn't like about Gilead when we get to our uh, final summation for whom the bell tolls again, I'm going to say was the biggest disappointment because I really loved that book. I remember, I don't know whether I talked about this on the podcast. I remember listening to it in my car. I had it on tape uh, when I was in my early 20s and I would get home. I was working graveyard shift then. I would play it on my way home as the sun came up and I would end up sitting in the driveway as people were going to work and my roommates were coming out. I would just be sitting in my car enraptured by Hemingway's prose, enraptured by this bold, romantic, sexy story. And it just didn't work at all for me this time. I mean, some of the set pieces were great. Hemingway's obviously a really talented writer but the Polaris story for instance the Polaris story or really any of the flashbacks um and Hemingway is just fantastic as a as a stylist I, I I might argue that he is the best stylist that we read I might pit him against um Robinson Robinson um I think that's I think when it comes to stylists they're well I mean it's hard to rule Shakespeare out but but um i mean shakespeare is just so obviously shakespeare that it's like you just have to he's in a different category it's like obviously there's muhammad ali but then as far as the people that we actually were were in the ring and we were curious about who you know who was good that wasn't a very good analogy i don't like sports but you know what i mean it's like who is the greatest 
church father and you've got the apostle paul standing over there is you don't talk about the apostle paul that way it's sort of the way that shakespeare is to all every english writer downstream mm-hmm. you just you can't no one compares yeah. So I'll say the most disappoint the biggest disappointment was uh definitely for whom the bell tolls. The biggest positive surprise, that's interesting. I don't know. I guess I guess my expectations were otherwise completely in line with what we got. I, I will say I'd read a decent amount of these novels before. Huck Finn was a pleasant surprise. That's a really interesting question that I ask am asking myself right now. <laughs> <laughs> I can think of more disappointments. The, the last, you know, third of Dracula was pretty lame, and um, I didn't expect that because I'd read Dracula a couple times and enjoyed it. How about Macbeth? Macbeth really is something different from a lot of Shakespearean plays. I remember you seemed that would qualify. Oh, we're talking about pleasant surprise. I don't know that that was. A yeah, surprise. I was thinking that was just a weird surprise. I'm gonna just have to say all the great books lived up to my expectations, and they were awesome. So I don't know what my positive surprise is, but my negative surprise is definitely for whom the bell tolls and my my weird surprise was just that Macbeth was difficult and I think if you listen to those episodes you can hear me ramble and kind of still even as we recorded those episodes be kind of bashing my head against Shakespeare against the character uh Macbeth was just hard for me and I suppose you can listen to the episode to hear my thought process but I did not expect to have so much trouble wrapping my head around the work of the greatest writer of all time maybe maybe i should have but macbeth was hard so i guess i'm sorry to not be more positive guys but i pick something yep what'd you say <laughs> i said i'll pick something oh pick something my most positive surprise yeah um ricky ticky tavi i knew that was gonna say ricky ticky tavi was awesome the rest of the jungle book uh was 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 pretty lame uh, that seal story, really, that seal story could be the biggest disappointment of the year. I thought and, Her Majesty's Royal Court or whatever it is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm gra- actually, I'm glad I finally pulled that. Ricky Ticky Tabby was a wonderful surprise because I didn't know that it was in the Jungle Book. I knew it was a childhood favorite that I'd read or had had read to me. It was a book that I loved or a little story that I loved and it resonated and kind of frightened me as a kid. And I didn't ever expect i don't think i would would have remembered that there was such a thing as ricky ticky tabby it was just one of those wonderful moments where you're suddenly reacquainted with like a color or a smell or a taste from your childhood that you just like didn't realize was lodged in your memory just just waiting for you to rediscover and it's 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 really a lot of fun so just on a personal level i don't you know not really saying anything profoundly literary or critical about it but ricky ticky tabby was really fun to just realize oh that story's by Rudyard Kipling, and it's in the Jungle Book of all places, and it's a great story. It was really fun to get reacquainted with that story. Yay! <clears throat> all right, uh, best villain. <clears throat> best villain. So uh, this may be our monster squad, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> Mr. Bennett. Yeah, we said was the villain of Pride and Prejudice. Pride and Prejudice. Who were the monsters? Kathy, Kathy obviously. Kathy. Sheer Khan, right? Or, or as we put it, uh, Rudyard Kipling himself. Rudyard Kipling, the yeah. white imperialist. <laughs> um, whatever war. Well, <laughs> the, the, the what was his name? Pablo. Pablo. Pablo Escobar. <laughs> um, the king and the Duke and the king. The Duke right? and the king. They are awful. Grendel, Grendel's mother. Grendel's mother. Macbeth himself. Or Lady Macbeth. Or Lady Macbeth. Dracula. Renfield? Death. Death and Gilead. <laughs> uh, Jack Bowton. Or Scrooge. Scrooge. 
Hmm. All right. So who wants to narrow it down for us, guys? Oh, my. Well, it's quite the list. How are we, how are we uh, defining best here? I don't know. I guess the most effectively drawn or the most compelling. Most co- let's, You could do effectively drawn. You could do compelling. You could do who would you least like to be pitted against? Like who do you know would just wipe the floor with you and ruin your life? Oh. Um, Probably the dragon from Beowulf. <laughs> <laughs> Not as a drag, y'all. All you have to do is wave a little yeah, juju in his face, some some garlic. It, and, yeah, it's more like and not the be an idiot. mythos <laughs> of Dracula is more scary than Dracula. Well, as you yeah. point out in the episode, I think Jake, or maybe it was you, Brandon. I don't, but one of you, the Dracula of the first fifty pages—that's a formidable it's Dracula terrifying. that you're, you'd be scared of. But yeah. then he's like this dope that they're always cornering and yeah, runs once you around. find all the rules, yeah, just don't leave your as your. Talking about a villain who preys on women, don't leave the woman alone. Right. Like for a good majority of the book. <laughs> I'm, I'm inclined at this point to go with the Macbeths. You know, we didn't mention one of the great villains from those books, which is Wickham. Yeah. The Wickham, yeah. He's he's worth least a mention. I don't know if he's worth a win. You're, you'd think of the Macbeths? Well, in terms of just visceral and psychologically both scary and believable, but... You know, I don't know, maybe a little skewed, dramatic. I don't know. There's something about the Macbeths that are, to me, a little more terrifying than anybody up on that board. They win the... They're kind of like the Defarges from... Yeah, they're very much like the Defarges from Tale of Two Tale Cities. Of Two Cities. So... The Macbeths are the ones that you'd least want to be pitted against if if there had to be a villain in your your life. The Macbeths are the scariest ones to contemplate. I think so. Kathy unravels pretty easily, actually. But Kathy in her prime, it's like she'll lock the door and burn you to death for yeah, looking at her wrong. Yeah, but there's, I don't think she... We never really knew her, did we? We didn't. Maybe you couldn't because she was so otherly. I don't know. Um, I think villain I'd most want to slap. You know, those come from Pride and Prejudice. Oh, sure. (laughs) Between Mr. Bennett and Wickham. Man, we were really hard on Mr. Bennett, but I guess we stand by that. This is our chance to rectify anything from this year. We said he was a monster. A lot of people like him. A lot of people think he's a witty, funny, cool dad kind of guy. He's a monster. He's a monster. All right. yeah, what they, the, what the they really are doing is sentimentalizing uh, Donald Sutherland's portrayal of him. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Scrooge is a really interesting villain because he has redemption. He has a, um, he's classic, he's iconic, and he is redeemed. That's just an, a very interesting... He's a, he's a nice twist on villains in this list of villains we have up here. I think is if I'm going to go with just who turns my stomach, it's the king and the duke. Especially in this reading. I didn't uh, remember them yeah. being this way. But the the deflated feeling that you have when they make it when back to the raft that up, one time. You know, and you're yeah. just like, oh boy. And the fact that I actually kind of, when I figured out that tarring and feathering wasn't the end of the world. And I was like, man, maybe something worse should have happened to those guys. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. they were funny, but in a very, a way that didn't defang them twain did a great job of allowing them to be bumbling idiots that are all the more dangerous evil evil and hateable because of their bumbling and you actually feel their threat to an innocent sort of victorian style maiden more i'd say than dracula's threat when huck wants to defend the purity of those sisters and that particularly the one sister against the duke and the king preying on it you actually feel that one more in your gut and kind of with huck feel your your masculine um heart go out to her and you're you know oh i wish i could be the shoulder for her to cry you actually feel that more 
in Huck Finn, or I did at least, than than in Dracula when he's There's going after those There's a realism memes. about them that may not be as frightening as the Macbeths, but is much more common and a very despicable. Well, it's a little bit like a Coen Brothers movie or something. Stupid and despicable is that much more dangerous than smart mm-hmm. and despicable sometimes and that's what they Uh are they're stupid in just the way that gets people hurt or killed or ruins lives and they're malicious about it yeah and they're malevolent yeah stupid malevolent so my vote might go to them i think kathy deserves maybe a little bit more love or hate or whatever you want to call it than we've (laughs) given her she's a great obviously an iconic character and a large part of the interest of that book Mm -hmm. um but I'm going to give it to the her death. And, her death scene. She. What does she do? She's. She, she becomes she, Alice. She shrinks and shrinks and shrinks, and she thinks yeah. she's going to find Alice, and then she just goes past her. That's a great little scene. Um, yeah. Oh man. So we've got Mac, the Macbeths, and we've got the Duke and the King. I will say, as far as the Macbeths go, I'll give it to Lady Macbeth. I won't give it to the pair because, yeah, they're both frightening together. And, yeah, Mr. Macbeth ends up being quite the thug and sadist as the story goes on. But Lady Macbeth, to me, is the scary one. Something about that twisted, I mean, maybe I'm just being a misogynist here, but something about a woman being so cold and twisted is more frightening to me than Mr. That, Macbeth. That scene where she's calling on the demon. Yeah, unsex yeah. me. Yeah, because that's part of the terror with Kathy, too, mm-hmm. is how unnatural it is. Yeah, yeah I think we talk quite a bit about that yeah. we did talk or we didn't i did we, we did yeah. we did both of them part of what it's an interesting connection to make and we didn't make it in macbeth maybe we should have that the weird sisters lady macbeth and kathy what makes them evil is their unwomanliness their mm-hmm. masculine their masculinity their it, not quite androgyny but the, the bearded weirded sisters who are sexually ambiguous. Lady Macbeth unsex me, dry up my bosom, whatever it is that she actually says. Kathy being a sexless sort of, it's the unnaturalness of them that gives them this added uncanny quality that that Bram Stoker could only find by saying the word uncanny over right. and over again. Bram Stoker told where the other authors really showed i don't know pride and prejudice though if you're just gonna go on slapability oh yeah i mean i wouldn't want to slap a woman so i guess that takes out lady Macbeth or kathy although maybe there you're just slapping a monster uh i'd still rather slap mr bennett over wickham but i don't know i'm not sure why because lydia would have fallen prey to some wickham wickham's just doing what wickham's do mr bennett had a responsibility he just it's just so despicable the man who not only refuses to protect his daughters, but who throws them to the wolves. Yeah. And who, who who doesn't have the humility or the sense of personal responsibility to cover the nakedness of his wife bed that exposes her and laughs. Mm-hmm. This is so disgusting to me. And yet he has all the best lines in the book. So yeah, he does. an interesting character for sure. If you're yeah. going to say he's a villain, which I agree with you, he is. I'm, I don't retract a thing. The Duke and the King have some of the best lines in the book. Yeah, they though. got that wonderful Shakespeare soliloquy. And <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, Brandon? And I've got a side. Um, as far as the most villainous character, I think it's Lady Macbeth. Yeah. I said the, Mac- the Macbeth. I, I thought about saying Lady Macbeth, and I, uh, I'll i just give a brief defense for why I 
said the Macbeths, and that's yeah. because Lady Macbeth is uncanny and frightening. Um, Lady Macbeth unleashes the monster that is her husband yeah. and loses control and kills herself because she realizes what she's done, and that gives her a vulnerability that's very different and almost uh, gives you more compassion for her or gives me more compassion for her by the time it's done whereas Macbeth once he's loosed he's just a monster and he is a what you get every indication is a good man gone mad and totally corrupt and that's a real thing and it really happens and it's really scary when you have a man that capable and that powerful let loose into his wickedness and so I, I I think that's why I want to pair them together, but um, yeah, I know that, what you mean. that also makes him a little more one-dimensional and maybe less interesting. So. Yeah, I think that's why he loses points for me, and you know, apples and oranges, I guess. But he loses points for me because um, he's not as relatable. I think. I mean, I think the fact that I do feel pity for Lady Macbeth to me ends up making her a more interesting, complex, and it's like if you can relate to a villain well, it, a little bit, then and I, it's why not, none of us either came uh, uh, came back with like the dragon from Beowulf is because. Dragons are dragons. But Tornadoes are scary. Right. Who cares, you know? Uh, Grindel is just a... I mean... Grindel comes the closest, I think, in that story, but... He does. Yeah. Um, so you vote Lady Macbeth. I vote Lady Macbeth. You vote... Macbeths. You vote the Macbeths. I don't know. That duke and that king, though, man. You made a good case for him. I'm you gonna, did. I was tempted. Um, I mean, there were some... There were just some good villains this go around i i think it's one of those just one of those things where you know you tip your hat to twain and to steinbeck and to jane and shakespeare and even bram stoker for creating an iconic villain and dickens for creating a completely redeemed there's just a lot of interesting yeah villainous characters here well i suppose doing a literature podcast we're going to come back again and again and again and again to the question of evil it's just like every oh, third yeah. book is going to be about that but yeah. we, we had some doozies this year I still think the way the reason the Duke and the King win for me is because they turned my stomach in ter- just in terms of subjective. How did I feel? Who? What villain just made me go? Ugh! It was them. Much more. I'd say them, or maybe maybe Mister Wickham or, or Mister Bennett. You know, just the the ones that I just like. I've been there. I've seen those people, and it sucks. Um, but okay, we'll uh, we'll give it a tie vote. So come on down, Duke King, Lady and Lord King Macbeth. Boo! Boo! Yes. yes, I guess we shouldn't clap for these <laughs> monsters. Yay! Yay. Uh, in your face, Dracula, the most iconic monster of the 20th century, and you can hold your own. <laughs> <laughs>